0: The
1: following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yes! Go
0: Cowboys! This, this is, is Cowboys, Cowboys Storylines with Nick Eatman.
1: What is up? It is time for another edition of Cowboys Storyline. I am Nick Eatman here at Oxnard, California. My favorite producer of all time is here, Chris Beam. Man, do I owe him a big round of something. We are here. We got, we got big news. Malik Hooker is the big news. And it was supposed to be because he's going to join the set. We did an interview with him. Just to tell you how it goes, we did an interview with him already And then, of course, news broke a little bit after that. So now we're switching up a little bit. We're going to throw to the interview later on in the segment. We're going to start, though, right now, like we do with every show. We start with storylines. You know, I don't know why I never really played baseball, but I think it's probably because I couldn't hit a curveball very well. I might have just wanted it, like, right down the middle. You know, don't don't do anything curves. And that's what happens sometimes in our business, get thrown a little curveball every now and again. Hopefully we can... uh, Knock this one out of the park. We'll we'll see. But but we're, we're doing this live. This is the first time that Cowboy Storyline has been live. So hopefully we'll, we'll be able to answer some of your text. And in our new text line, which is 817-290-3298. 817-290-3298. All right. Let's get after it here. Let's talk about Malik Hooker. Is in the process, as we speak, of probably signing a three-year extension worth about twenty-four million dollars. About sixteen million of that, from my understanding, is guaranteed. Uh, it locks him up. Now, this was supposed to be a contract year, which is what I asked him about. So he, he did tell me that. It would have been nice if he could have maybe said a little bit more to it. Than that, but this thing, from what I hear, it really just kind of popped up. This is one of those deals where the agent. Cowboys that say, "Hey, let's get this thing knocked out," and this is good because this this locks up your your secondary and your safety position. You got Donovan Wilson on a three-year deal. Now you got three more years with with um, Malik Cooker, obviously uh, Trayvon Diggs as well. Um, you know, we'll see where the you know where how long Gilmore plays for, and but still, you're, you've got your secondary that's in, in really really good spot right now. So, I, I think this is this is a, a big deal for. Uh, you know, for the Cowboys, obviously a big deal for Malik Hooker. So that's, that's what we're looking at right now for, for the Cowboys. Uh, I would imagine um, he will sign his, his contract later today. And uh, we probably will get him, you know, uh, at, on the podium for the media to talk about him. I mean, talk about his contract here. At some point uh, in the next couple of days, so Malik Cooker wasn't—he wasn't the guy on my bingo card that I that I had for the next one to sign. But I will say this: Isaiah Stampac is a witness to this. I made a, a claim yesterday from two things that I saw on the field, just body language from different people. I said, in the next 24 hours, someone is signing a new contract. I did not have it as Malik Cooker, so. I don't know if that even counts, but that's that's another guy. That's not even somebody that that we fit, that we thought really was was gonna you know be in the mix for for a new deal. But I, I like that they did. And so um, let's let's move on. Let's look at real quick safety position again. Like, like we said, right now Donovan Wilson banged up, but he did sign a three year deal. He's been out most of training camp. Israel Mukwamu has been out with a hamstring injury as well. So the two of them banged up not not in the lineup, which actually can be a good thing for others. Wanye Thomas has gotten a lot of reps. Uh, Tyler Coyle has gotten some uh, snaps in there. Of course, Malik Hooker uh, as well. So we're going to see, obviously, a lot more uh, of Malik. First-round draft pick from the Colts a few years back. He's been dealing with injuries, but now this is really his third season with the Cowboys, and clearly they, uh, they, they are liking what, they've, uh, what they're seeing out of him, obviously, to lock him up for three years. All right, again, if you want to send a, a text uh, on the text line, we are we are live here, uh, 817-290-3298. We've gotten a lot of texts and some calls um, and some um, emails, tweets that we will read, uh, and I'll answer for the third segment. Uh, again, we've got an interview in the can with uh, Malik Hooker, and he's going to have – a great poker face when it comes to asking about a new contract because he didn't really talk about it, but he talked about a lot of other cool stuff, which we will we will discuss. Okay, more storylines, really quick here. Um, every day, Zach Martin isn't here. It's another fifty thousand dollar fine for him, um, and again, I'm not too concerned about it from his standpoint, other than losing fifty grand a year. I guess I guess he's okay with that. But I do think you know he's, he should be staying off his feet. He's probably staying in shape, and he knows the offense well. I, he's a plug-and-play guy without a doubt, so when, when he comes back, it'll be fine. I, I, maybe an hour of rust. He should be ready to go. As long as he's there for the Giants, I don't think anyone's too concerned. But you want a, a happy Zach Martin. You want someone that, that is, you know, will, and I, he's the ultimate professional. So I, I don't think it's going to be a problem with him coming back. You, you, you hope that the situ, the situation is resolved to the point where he can come in and do his job whenever whenever that is, whenever that, that happens. In the meantime, uh, Josh Ball has taken a lot of snaps there at right uh, guard. I think he looks pretty good. Um, I was a little surprised, honestly, that that he's that he's done that. I've always thought he's a tackle, and that's mainly me stereotyping the fact that he's six eight. If you're six eight, you're probably in the NBA. And if not, if you're gonna play football, you're gonna be at either the tackle spot or maybe defensive end. You know, what are we to talk about in the trenches? How do you how do you get beat? It's the leverage. And when you're six 6'8", Every defensive tackle is already lower than you, so it's really tough to 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 play that position when you're that tall. That's the challenge I think Josh Ball is is going to be dealing with right now. And you know, I we'll we'll see. I think these are valuable reps that that he is getting, um, and he'll be in there for the for the preseason. We did see a question here about what the preseason offensive line, uh, the starting five is going to look like. That that was. Not the easiest question to answer. So I I, I think, um, but this is what we're talking about right now. This is what happens in the preseason. You're not as worried about the Zach Martin right now. Yes, chemistry is a thing. You'd like for him to kind of work with the guys. But I think whenever he does come back, whenever that is, I think that they're going to be just fine. All right, like I said, we've got the Cowboys uh, text line. This is, I think, the second day that we've had this on the podcast uh cowboys break uh used it yesterday i know talking cowboys did some of the other shows as well um i'll definitely be using it when the season comes when i'm back at the star i'll definitely be using this um for for sure and and, i'm using it now as well in fact we just got one in uh it looks like a, a 215 area code um Question is about the Hooker contract. He said, with Hooker's deal and Diggs' deal, as well as getting Gilmore, it seems the team has done a 180 when it comes to paying DBs since Carr, Brandon Carr. I don't know if it's been a 180. I don't think that they've changed the mentality of corners and safeties. I think it's the fact that they've got good ones that they could, you know, they can they can get in here and pay. I mean, this this is a team that moved up to the number sixth pick in the draft, and surprised everyone to go get Morris Cla- uh, Claiborne. Didn't work out, you know. Mo wasn't. I don't know. Wasn't as good as he was in college. I mean, as simple as that. His confidence wasn't great for a corner. You have to have that, uh, you know. And and that he wasn't just a, a, a great player, but. As, as great as you would want your number six pick to be. I, I don't think they've done a 180, honestly, in, in paying them. I think they, they really like what Hooker can do. Um, Gilmore, I think where they, they made the big change, and I, I kind of see where you're going. I think the 180 was going to get veteran guys and doing what you need to do, whether it be a trade, giving up draft capital to go get a Gilmore, go get um, Brandon Cooks, That, to me, was the biggest change. They love to pick players. They love draft picks. To give draft picks up is not the easiest thing, even though they did it and they got a couple of veterans. I think that the the mindset is always to keep the corners and safeties and have a great secondary. Um, I just think they've got better ones than they've had in the past. That's that's kind of what I think here. So bear with me. I'm trying to see if we've got any more – uh, questions about this, um, not really about so far that uh, about the Malik Hooker, Hooker deal. Uh, some of these others, though, uh, we'll definitely take here in the, in the third segment here. So, all right, we're going to move on, and we're going to take a break. Again, remember, we interviewed Malik Hooker earlier in the day. The show was supposed to go out a little earlier. We interviewed him, so he, he's got a night. He talks about a lot of things. Uh, at that moment, he really could not speak at all. To uh, of the contract signing so that won't be included in this but uh, we will will definitely talk with him it's a fun interview he, he has some great things to say about, about his teammates so we'll be right back here with a word from Malik Cooker
0: I'm Dak Prescott quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys Blockchain.com is one of the most trusted ways to buy, sell and trade crypto whether you're always on the go or stay closer to home Blockchain.com is just a few taps away Put the power of crypto in your pocket, so no matter where you are, you can trade on your terms and build a crypto portfolio to fit your life. For crypto pros, rookies, and anyone in between, Blockchain.com makes it easy to own a piece of the future. Blockchain.com, trusted by millions, trusted by America's team.
2: The Medal of Honor is our country's highest military award for valor in combat. More than 40 million individuals have served in the armed forces since the Civil War. Fewer than 4,000 have received the Medal of Honor. The National Medal of Honor Museum will be a place to preserve these legacies and inspire America. It's being built right next door to the Dallas Cowboys in Texas. Help us honor our country's greatest heroes. Learn more and get involved at mohmuseum.org.
3: Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages, With pregame sideline access and photo ops with current players, cheerleaders, and cowboy legends. You Want to stay at a team hotel, attend the best tailgate party in Texas, tour the star, and talk X's and O's with me, Everson Walls? With star sports tours, you can. Visit cowboystravel.com to book your travel package today.
2: We know that juicy, cheesy, grilled to perfection burger sounds amazing, but it does sound like something is missing. Pepsi, baby. The yin to this burger's yang. Burgers and Pepsi go together like, well, like burgers and Pepsi. This perfect blending of flavors makes every bite of lettuce, every sesame seed on the bun, and every sip of that crisp, refreshing, ice-cold cola. A journey to Foodopia. Burgers. Better with Pepsi. That's what I like.
1: Back, back to Cowboys Storylines. Welcome back to Cowboys Storylines. I'm Nick Eatman, joined by Safety Malik Hooker it joins the show here. And Malik, it's been 2 years since they just brought you in here in the middle of camp. Mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. seems like twenty years ago. It probably feels that way for you too. just so many things that have changes and kind of where the situation is now how How much are you enjoying this you know this stance now as opposed to where you were before
4: oh man, I'm definitely enjoying it a lot, you know, obviously, you know when I first came in uh you know wasn't really sure what to expect you know as far as coming to a new team uh obviously building with some new guys and you no, know, this last two years being here with these guys, man, it's been special. It's been special, none short of the less. You know, we're real close off the field. You know, we do a lot of our events and stuff together off the field. So, you know, I couldn't ask for more from this group right now.
1: Because when you got here, obviously you'd come. You you were a first round draft pick with the mm-hmm. Colts, and, and you made some plays. And of course, the injuries were were uh, an issue. Yeah. It, was it kind of weird to come here and say? I got to prove myself again, or is that was that kind of the exciting part about it? No,
4: no, it was exciting for me, you know, because, I mean, you go through all these dark times, you know, obviously, like you said, coming off of the injuries and stuff like that, and these are questions that you ask yourself, you know, am I going to be the same player I was before? Uh, am I going to be able to perform at a high level like I was before and all these things, and, uh, you know, like you said, the good thing about it, you know, you get to prove it to yourself, and I, I feel like I've done a good job of doing that a little bit here in Dallas.
1: All right, I don't know if you've seen a lot of movies like this or yeah. what kind of movies you see, but what does a three-headed monster really look like? Mm-hmm. And how, how, I mean, what? what is their, their biggest strength? Maybe they can see everything? I mean, it's smart. Uh,
4: I mean, based off of some of the movies I've seen, I mean, you'll see that, you know, it's always different characteristics out of, out of the three-headed monsters. You yeah. know, they're, they're unique in their own way, whether one, you know, shoots fireballs or one does this. You know, you it's just some movies. You see different stuff from them. So, I mean, as far as for here, it's kind of the same thing. You know, we're all unique and different in our own way. And, you know, the job roles that we're kind of placed in, you know, we do—we all do that at a very high level, you know, and we're very impactful at at the roles we're given. So
1: everybody's got different traits, different roles. I know loudest in the locker room has got to be J. Ron Kirk. (laughs) I mean, we can we can hear it before we even get in the locker room. yeah. what what do you bring to the table that's different? Are you going to sit? Mm-hmm. are you the fastest? Are you, you I mean, probably, um, probably the most experienced, I would imagine. Yeah,
4: I mean, I'll probably say just the ball skills of aspect. Because, uh, you know, throughout most of my career, I've always been the high safety, the free safety, you know, the cover guy. And, you know, so I'll say more so that aspect of it. I mean, obviously those two guys, they cover too. And stuff like that but they don't get too many chances to really mm-hmm. roam the middle of the field and stuff like that because of you know their characteristics you know them both guys that play the box at a high level you see jk cover the best of the mm-hmm. best week in and week out and perform at a high level obviously you see mm-hmm. donald cover as well as you know make it being an impact player that he is and doing different roles so you just never know what to expect and that's what's so unique about our room you know we got guys that's capable of playing multi-positions and yeah. doing it at a high level do
1: you ever play baseball
4: yeah, I used to play in middle school. I stopped playing. What was your I want center, center field. field. I was about to say <laughs> uh, that's what
1: I was going for there because I was like, that's kind of where you mm-hmm. are. And and when Micah and Dorrance and those guys are just having a party at the quarterback, and yeah. they had to get rid of it.
4: Exactly, exactly. So it's like we're kind of all, I mean, I mean, it's unique because we're in a special situation where you have all the pieces to make it like that. You know, we have the great defensive line that's able to stop the run and rush the quarterback when past situations. We have those guys under that's able to be sticky on receivers outside, you know, from Steph and, and uh, Dig. So, man, it's just like it's just the perfect combination here for our defense. And like I said, guys that's unique in, in their own way and that, you know, able to fit in their role at a high level.
1: I feel like that Rams game where you had the interception there late. Mm-hmm. I feel like that was kind of the epitome of, of what this defense is trying to do is just get after the quarterback, mm-hmm. make him uncomfortable, making him throwing what he doesn't want to, and then you got back end players mm-hmm. that can make big plays yeah, there and yeah. kind of seal the seal the the deal there.
4: Yeah, that, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's funny because our backing, even from the linebackers, like, man, we got Damone and Layton, that guy's like, they're very mm-hmm. instinctive players too, and they're capable of, you know, catching interceptions as if they're DBs and stuff like that. So, man, this team's just so unique and, you know, special. And I can't wait to see what we get done this year.
1: Tell me about 11. <laughs> I mean, just <laughs> – <'cause, laughs> Okay, Uh when a quarterback gets to the line of scrimmage, it seems like he's got to go. Okay, where is Parsons? And where, you know, where a lot of these guys are probably starts like, where is he lined up? Because he lines up everywhere. Mm -hmm. As a safety back there, do you always, you also need to know, okay, where he is because Mm -hmm. that's where more attention's going to be and all that stuff. I mean, do you kind of have to find where your superstar guys are?
4: I mean, not really because, like I said, man, there's guys like we're able to do whatever we want with so many guys. Mm -hmm. Like, even if you don't send a Micah Parsons, you know, we got guys that's from the secondary that we can send out a GB just as impactful and stuff like that. And not for nothing, like, on the other side of Micah, you got DA and, and Micah, I mean, uh, D-Law and guys like yeah. that coming off the edge on the opposite side of Micah. So, man, it's just like pick your poison at this point because you just never know which guy on, on that specific play do we want to be impactful,
1: you know? Is- I should have known this. This is contract year for you, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, contract year for Does you. Does that, I mean, that used to be a big deal. Is it, is it nowadays? Is like, because a lot of these guys, when you get older in your career, you sign an either one year or two year deal. Mm-hmm. And, and, and even if you have years on the deal, if you doesn't perform like you want you know that they it's a business so is it, it always a, kind of feel like a contract year so to speak
4: I mean it is definitely I mean because at the end of the day you always like whether you're a starter or a guy that's trying to earn a roster spot on them you just you're always in a, comp- a competition you know because at the end of the day this is the highest level of ball that you can play you know you're playing with the best of the best so I mean, as a starter, you can sit there and say, all right, well, I'm going to hang off a little bit, but little do a lot of guys and a lot of fans know that that second, that second team guy, you know, he's just as good as a starter is and can go in there and do the same thing. So
1: you want to, you want to get some, uh, get some of these questions here. Yeah, we got some questions specifically definitely. for you here. All right. So we starting off this new text line. This is our first time I've actually uh, been able to, to use it for this show. Um, Chris, Sorry, Castellano. You know I messed that up. (laughs) But he says, this is to you. Where would you rank this current defense from all the defenses you've been on in your NFL career? I guess that could include last Mm -hmm. year's team as well.
4: Uh, This year I'll say number one. I mean, just because the simple fact of, you know, how much more knowledge a lot of guys got from this defense. You know, some of us being three years in the system, some guys being two years in the system. I feel like, you know, we're just that much better because we know what to expect and we know what the standard and the bar we've set years before has come, and we know that we're capable of getting and beating that. So, you know, we're just – I feel like this is here year that, you know, a lot of guys that people wouldn't expect are going to shine, you know, and it's going to just be from the simple fact of just doing your job and being within the system.
1: Give me one of those guys. Give me a name. Somebody we're not expecting that's going to shine.
4: I'll go uh, Izzy. Izzy Mukwamu. Yeah. I think him coming out of the uh, secondary, I think, man, he's going to have a special year, man, just off of the simple fact of the work he's put in. You know, how, how how all betting on himself he is on getting his job done, whether it's, you know, being down in the box or covering, right. whatever the case may be, man, I just feel like he's put the time in as well as, you know, uh, out of the, the linebacker room, I'll say Demone. Mom. You know, I've watched him personally take the next okay, step, Nick, to, you know, I mean, whether it's as simple as being a step it. faster on a play and stuff like so that. I mean, he's put the, the out time out. in the film room to be able to capitalize so, on the plays that he felt he should have been better on last question. year.
1: He kind of reminds me of you in the sense question. of that, and I'm not saying that you guys don't have fun, but it seems kind of like a no-nonsense business type approach that he's walked in the door with. Yeah, yeah,
4: absolutely. I mean, it's because, I mean, and the good thing about our culture here, like guys, you know, we know how to be professional when we're supposed to be so you know from since he came in from day one he's been one of those guys that you know he picked a vet and whoever that vet was that's who he was studying about how to go about being a pro and stuff like that and you know in his room you know he's been around Leighton layton has been in the league for, for multiple years there was some other guys that we had in the room that was let go uh I'll say Giff, Luke Gifford. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Man, he was, he was a real pro as far as just handling his business and going about his business every day. So he has some good role models in his rooms, uh, look after and stuff like that. Perfect. So I feel like that's why he tends to
1: be so serious. But man, if you talked to him on off side of the field, man, <laughs> you know, he laughs. Like, yeah. That's yeah. Good. <laughs> that's good. Um, going back to Makwamu first, what first practice, he gets banged up with hamstring mm-hmm. injury and then Donovan Wilson also mm-hmm. with a setback as well. Um, Yes, you want all your guys together, but is also could there be silver lining, that these younger safeties, the Wanye Thomas of the world, and yeah. Tyler Coyle, and guys like that are going to get chances to to do some stuff out here?
4: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, those guys, I mean, just as well as, like I said, those other guys, those are guys that took that next step as far as, you know, been putting the time and the work in this offseason, you know, waiting for the opportunity to come about. And I feel like, you know, this year they're going to do what they're supposed to to be able to make you know, their way on the field regardless of what's going to happen. You know, whether it be at some point in the season if somebody's banged up or, you know, if going through a sickness or something like that, I feel like those guys are very capable of going out there and still performing at the high level that, in the standard that we held here.
1: Nice. Mm-hmm. All right, two uh, two two questions uh, for from fans here. Daniel yep. Barnett, he says, with Diggs and Gilmore now locking down the outside, uh-huh. do you expect people to attack – how do you expect uh, people to attack through the air? Do you think you'll get a little bit more uh, uh, coverage, or are they going to just dump it dump it off the running backs?
4: Oh, uh, man, it's hard to say because, I mean, uh, like I said, just just the, the, the so many guys being so effective in, in other areas, like, man, it's hard to say because, I mean, as well as Diggs and, you know, Gilly being out there locked down, you look in the inside – You tell me how many tight ends caught a lot of passes on J.K. being down in the box. So it's at this point, like it's just like I said, pick your poison.
1: Throw it to center field. Yeah, like just (laughs) it's going to have to be just a
4: jump ball to somebody or something like that. But even with that, like we got great guys. Myself, uh, like I said, you brought up a couple guys, Juanier, who's done a great, a great job coming out of the middle. We got so many guys that's capable of making an impactful play coming out of the middle field too. That you know. We're looking forward to it. We're looking forward to it.
1: All right, last one. This is from David in South Texas, and he's kind of flipping it for the offensive side of the ball. But since you're back there seeing all this, do you see big differences in McCarthy's offense this year from Mm -hmm. what you saw last year? And Mm -hmm. also, do you see Dak a little bit more confident, more in control?
4: Yeah, I definitely feel like, you know, this year Dak's just – I guess, like you said, he's more calm. He's confident back there. You know, he's making a lot of throws that some people felt like he should he, he wouldn't have been making years before and stuff like that. And even with it, like, he looks good doing it. You know, those guys, he's getting the ball in the playmaker's hands like like they're asking them to do. It. And those guys, and they're making making plays like they're supposed to. So, man, I'm looking forward to seeing what those guys do on offense. Any big
1: differences, though, that you see? A lot? Is it more underneath stuff? Are they using cooks in a way that be pretty dangerous for defenses.
4: Uh, I'll say they're just putting the ball more in Dak's hands a little more, to letting him give him more a little more free roam to, you know, to be able to make plays like the playmaker he is back there. And I mean, we're trusting in the decision that he's making the right plays when he gets a chance to do that. And like I said, I mean Dak's the guy that, you know, puts his time and all his efforts in a Making the team better each way. I mean, like, as you've seen, like, it's been a battle out here. It ain't yes. been lopsided defense, whooping on the offense. Or it's been competitionary competition every day. So, that just tells you how you far did. they've come.
1: You didn't say offense, whooping on the defense. Nah, okay, you didn't nah. say that. You just said defense. It, I just said offense. it's been good. It's day. been com- competitive. Okay. <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to go like, both sides there. That's good. Good to know. Yeah. And it usually happens like that. Usually yeah. the defense, especially when start a new offense, the defense always seems to have
3: mm-hmm. a little bit
1: kind of a, of a leg up early on. And so, but i say that some of those goal line drills and things like that where they're offensive drills it is mm. kind of tougher when there's no pass rush yeah
4: i mean i mean it is tougher but that's just putting that much putting that much effort in us and seeing how good we can be because I mean like you said if there's no pass rush and we can cover all day with something like that man I feel like you know that makes us a difference when it comes down to you know the late games when we need a, a get, we need to make a play you know I feel like then we're we're going to yeah. be in shape to be able to do so
1: Awesome Well, it's been fun having you here fun uh, talking right. to you thanks so much this is Malik Cooker Cowboys safety He's expecting even bigger things from this defense this year We'll be right back here on Cowboys Storyline to answer more of your fan questions Ayo
3: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a AM member FDIC. Back
2: to Cowboys Storylines.
1: All right, we got one more segment here on Cowboys Storyline. I'm Nick Eatman here. We want to thank uh, Malik Hooker. It's been a it's been a busy day for him. Obviously, getting a chance to, to talk with him, and like we said earlier. Uh, just a few minutes after uh, he, he uh, sat down with us is when all that stuff kind of started to break. So you can tell when I asked him about, I tried to get him. I was like, "Is this a contract year for you?" And he was like, "Yeah, yeah, it is." So, like I said before, take him to poker to the poker table. He's going to be pretty good. Um, but yeah, big big news for the Cowboys. Big news for him. Eight one seven two nine zero three two nine eight is the Cowboys text line. We just started this a couple of days ago, and we've got some text in here. One of them from a 214 number, actually from McKinney, Logan from McKinney's his name. He says, after this hooker deal, how much is the hit this year? How much space do we have left? You know, it's just kind of it, – it hasn't actually hit the books just yet, and so they're still kind of talking a little bit. I think the deal is somewhat done. The numbers that you see are a, a vary a lot. Um, I've seen 4 to 5 million this year. I've seen actually less than that. The cap space thing, to me, I never really talk about cap space. I never try to answer that question because it's so fluid. It's, they can do whatever they want to do. If they wanted to sign CD and DAC, they could do it. They can do it right now. It's all about moving money around. There, you got to be creative. That's kind of what they do. So, it's it's irrelevant to kind of say they have this much left or this much. There's not a guy out there that they couldn't sign because of the cap. They they can do what what they want. So um, now, is it the smartest thing to do? No, they they got to be you. You got to be smart about it. But at the same time, um, they really don't. You know, it, it, it doesn't work that way. They can do what they need to do. All right, let's go to some more questions. I think we, we've, we're done here with, with Malik Cooker. We know what, what, what we've got here. Let's move on to some of the other ones. Um, how about Jose Rodriguez? I feel Will Greer is having a great camp and has made some really nice plays. Do you think he can overtake Cooper Rush for quarterback two? Could he? Yeah, he probably could. Um, are they going to be comfortable with that? Not sure. You know, when you win games for a coach – especially the way that Cooper rush has done the last 2 years i who's to say that, that that will greer is going to come in and do that i think he gives you a little bit more versatility obviously he's more uh mobile i can run around um you know throwing the ball he's i think he's got a stronger arm i don't know if it's as accurate so, but, you know, Cooper Rush is one game, So it's, it, what, what could happen is is they could give Will Greer a little bit more time in the preseason. Maybe he starts a whole game. Maybe he gets to play some just to kind of give him that opportunity. As it stands right now, I would, I would stick with Cooper Rush, but um, it, it's pretty close to the point where maybe, you know, Will Greer will, will get a shot here. All right, Jason from Atlanta. How come we never talk about Tyron Smith going to guard? And Tyler Smith going to left tackle. We had Jason Peters move to guard last year. The question was from Jason from Atlanta. And it has includes Jason Peters. Just so you know, Jason Peters is actually from Atlanta, Texas. I don't think he's the one that sent this question, but I'm all about irony here. Tyron Smith at guard, no. No, he's played tackle his whole career. And as much as it sounds weird... It's a lot faster inside, the players will say all the time. So he's more of a declining player. We, we know that. That's what happens when you get to his age. Uh, I, I think being on the outside, being able to get his strength, get his arms out there, uh, and keep, keep the, the, the rushers at a distance, I think that's probably better for him. Uh, he's never really played guard. I don't see this being the time to change it. Tyler Smith moves back and forth as well as anybody. I don't think you you change anything there. All right, Terry Andrews, faithful North Carolina. How many running backs will they keep? And will Deuce fit into those plans if he makes it? Does it knock out Malik Davis, Rico Dattle, Ronald Jones? Um, I think Deuce is going to make the team. I, I do. I just think that there's he's too dynamic of a player in college to at least not try to see what he can give you. Uh, how many running backs do they keep? You know, it could be four. If if those guys do different things, if 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 a um, if Malik Davis can play a lot on special teams, or you know what does Ronald Jones do when he comes back from suspension? Um, you know Rico the same too. It's got to be special special teams. It's got to be maybe a Hunter Lipke that could play some fullback um, or do with kick returns. You know you, you have Tony Pollard. I think you're going to have a solid backup there, and probably Malik Jones. I mean Malik Davis. Uh, maybe Ronald Jones. So it's still early there, and there's a lot of things that can kind of happen in the uh, preseason games as well. All right, another from the text line. This is just from a 713 number. Who has the lead in the kicking competition? No, bun. Brandon Aubrey... Uh, Tristan Viscaino, they, they seem to mirror each other in practice. He, if he goes 4-for-6, I go 4-for-6. If he goes 2-for-3, I go 2-for-3. So they're about the same right now. And then one of them has a bad kick, the other one has a bad kick, and vice versa. So that's kind of where it stands right now. Nothing's really going to happen until we get to the games. And then, from there then you, and it's not just these preseason games it's all the preseason games because they, everybody's got a couple of kickers and you're going to be evaluating them as well so there there could be some pro Bowl kickers out there that have backups that are you know just trying to help them with save their leg and Next thing you know, they went six for seven or, or six for six in the, in the preseason, and they may be a better option than what you've got. So every kicker that doesn't make the roster is going to be evaluated here. That's what's going to make it, you know, that's what's going to be tough for Will McClay and his staff, but that's, that's the nature of the business is there's a lot of guys out there, and it's not like you have to know the system. You come in and you can kick. If you can kick, you can kick. Odell Campbell, Jr., Rock Hill, South Carolina. His question, we haven't heard much from Overshown. Do you think he's a game-day guy or or rather than a practice guy? Well, I, I think most linebackers are probably better in the games than they are at practice because you're not going to go out there just knocking people's heads off. I also think he's trying to figure things out. He's playing a lot of different positions. Uh, the light bulb maybe hasn't come on just yet for, for uh, DeMarvian Overshone, but I do think that it will, and I think Dan Quinn's going to put a lot on his plate but also, yeah, the games is where you're going to see a guy flash and really make a play. We haven't really seen that from him yet. All right, I talked about this earlier in the show. Cowboys C from Pensacola, Florida. Who's the starting five lineman in the first preseason game? Who are you going to watch closely? That's a good question, man, because I, I, you know it's not going to be Tyron Smith. You know it's not going to be Zach Martin. Um, and uh, beatish, maybe. I wouldn't think so, though. Only Tyler Smith, I could see it because he is, hasn't played a lot of left guard and get him some, some reps in the game would be good. Now, he did it in preseason last year, if you remember, because Tyron didn't get hurt till we got back to, to Frisco. So, uh, he's done it in the games. I could see him doing a little bit there. Uh, I'm going to say, well, let's go. We'll be in there at left tackle. I'm just going to say Tyler Smith for now. Farniak at center. Josh Ball, right guard. Um, Chuma... Idoga at right tackle. That's what would be my starting five on the offensive line if we had to do it right now. All right. Uh, let's go to some other uh, questions here. Uh, how about William Houchins? It's my man, William Houchins. Uh, he's, he, this, he had asked Malik Hooker this question. We couldn't, we couldn't get this question to him. How's the scheme going to allow you to be the best pl- that we knew you would be? To be the type of player, you know, we we all thought from you, and I think this type of scheme. If, if you go back and look at Dan Quinn in Seattle, Legion of of Boom, right? It, um, Earl Thomas, uh, Chancellor, uh, Richard Sherman, and these corners. I mean, they, they they the secondary was great, but to me, it was the pass rush. It was it was a constant rotation of guys that could really just go and and fly. Uh, you know, fly around the ball and get to the quarterback, and I think that's what Dan Quinn's trying to create here. Obviously, you got uh, Micah Parsons, you got Tank, you got Doran Armstrong, you got Sam Williams, you got you got these rusher, Dante Fowler, and I think when they they get that and they do that the way that he did it in Seattle, that will create a secondary like he had then and that's where uh guys can just play center field like you talk about just go make the play uh malik hooker and, and Jaron ron Kirsten, Don wilson, and donovan wilson then of course your corners there and gilmore and Diggs and and bland um it, it, to me it still starts with the pass rush that's why i think that that malik Hooker has a chance to really to to be great and and that's why i think it's smart for him to sign because yeah the money is good it's fair and are you going to go to another team that has a pass rushing, you know, a pass rusher like this and a coordinator like this? I don't know. So it seems like it's it's a smart move for him, and he was able to uh, to do it and knock it out. So that is the news of the day: is Malik Hooker um, is uh, agreed to a deal. As we stand here on Friday afternoon from Oxnard, I'm not sure it's officially been signed. It may not even be turned into the league. But it looks like he has agreed to a three-year extension. He'll be with the Cowboys for the next four seasons now. And um, what a great move for him and the entire secondary when you think about what they did with Donovan Wilson in the offseason and, and going to get Gilmore and then signing Trayvon Diggs since we've been out here, really shoring up that that secondary uh, for for the Cowboys. All right. Well, that's all we have time for today. A lot of great questions. Thank you guys for, for being versatile with us. Uh, Chris Beam, the producer, he was the man. He set up this, this, uh, this set up two times today, so I may have to buy him a beverage or six. Uh, just kidding. He did not drink that much. Uh, all right, let's get out of here. It's Friday afternoon. Let's go. Thank you for everybody on Cowboy Storyline. Next week think we're going to get some pretty good guests. Like I've said before, this show is for the fans, so maybe we can make it for the fans, if you know what I mean. Let's see if we can work on that. Should be fun. Next week, stay with us. Cowboys storyline. We'll see you next week. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club.
4: How
0: about this, Cowboys? Yeah!